0: Welcome to the Center for Grassland Studies podcast series. I'm your host, Margo McKendry, Program Coordinator for the Center. In today's episode, I'll be speaking with Dr. Tala Awada, Associate Dean and Associate Director of IANR Agricultural Research Division at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Today's topic is Juniperus Virginiana, Expansion and Ecosystem Services in the Nebraska Sandhills. I want to say thank you for joining me today, Dr. Awada.
1: You're welcome.
0: A commonly reported concern for grasslands in the Great Plains is that woody species have continued to expand at an unprecedented rate. What are the primary causes of this woody species expansion in your studies?
1: In my study, and I focus on several woody species, Juniperus virginiana, or better known uh, locally as Eastern Red Cedar, um, is one of those. Eastern Red Cedar, as we know, is a native species. Historically, it used to be limited to areas that escape fires. Usually it used to be controlled uh, by either natural fire or by fire that was set by the natives. And the encroachment that we have experienced in the last decades is really the result of a complex interaction between the humans, nature, and the climate. Human induced factors such as fire suppression is one of the main reasons that uh, is behind the expansion of this species and other species. Uh, tree planting is another factor. Overgrazing, climate change, and nitrogen deposition. So these are multiple factors that are interacting between each other that are leading to further uh, encroachment of this and other species in the Great Plains and in the Nebraska Sandhills.
0: Now, you and others have documented that this expansion of woody plants on grasslands threatens key ecosystem services and resilience. What are these threatened ecosystem services and how is grassland resilience impacted by woody plants?
1: All right, so let's start by defining ecosystem services, which are the services that are provided to humanity or to humans. These could be uh, productivity, biomass. These could be clean water, could be nutrient cycling, clean air, cultural services. And let's define resilience, which could be uh, considered the length of time it takes for the system to recover, or the pressure that we can put on a system before it collapses. So, what we are seeing with the invasion of Eastern Red Cedar into our sandhills are changes in the way the system functions and the services it provides. So, I am plant ecophysiologist by training, and I look at it from functional perspective. So, one of those is reduction in productivity, reduction in biodiversity, of both plants and animals, changes in the water and nutrient cycling that we have observed, changes in the microbial communities in the soil, and all these combines and other factors have led to increase in wildlife and, and wildfire risks, increase in risks of soil erosions, declines in soil carbon declines and water recharge and ultimately degradation of these grasslands which in this case impacts the resilience of these grasslands.
0: Thank you. Managing grasslands that are threatened by woody plant invasion, of course, require monitoring approaches that provide meaningful data. You report that cross-scale monitoring is critical in collecting relevant data. What do you mean by cross-scale monitoring, and why is it a critical approach?
1: So really, the approaches we use, depending on the questions we are asking, and depending on how much we wanna extrapolate over which area that is spatial scale and how far back or how much into the future we wanna extrapolate certain behavior for these species. So our scale ranges really from the molecular, from the cell, to the leaf, to the plant, to the plot, to the landscape. And we use all kinds of analysis, whether it's laboratory analysis, tree ring analysis, imaging, and satellite imaging and modeling, of course. So it's a multitude of scales and techniques depending on the research
0: question we're asking. You've worked extensively with Eastern red cedar in Nebraska. How have you used cross-scale or multi-scale monitoring to study red cedar?
1: So like I said before, it really depends on the question we are asking. For instance, to answer question related to the performance of the trees, and of the grasses with relation to the environment or with relation to tree density, for instance, we use things like leaf level gas exchange, like tree level transpirations. If we want to look at water use efficiency, we have used what we call sap flux technique, which measures how fast the sap is going through the trees. And that's how we know how how the plant is transpiring and we can derive water use efficiency from it. For instance, to look at the competition of water between the trees and the grasses, we looked, we used hydrogen and oxygen isotopes in the rain, in the soil, and in the plants in themselves. To understand how the trees have behaved in the past and predict their behavior in the future under climate change scenarios, we have extensively used tree ring analyses and we looked at their isotopic signatures, whether it's carbon, oxygen, or hydrogen. And also to monitor the expansion of the tree into the grasslands, we've used uh, traditional techniques, we've used um, modeling, and we're currently developing imaging tools using UAVs approaches.
0: What other monitoring tools are used to effectively and efficiently detect small changes in vegetation, and then how are these tools important to the development of management approaches to control such woody plants as eastern red cedar?
1: You know, some labs such as Dirac Twidwell's lab uses indicators um, such as wildlife, which is fantastic. I don't, I'm not a wildlife ecologist, so I can't use that technique. But we're tra- we are trying to develop other tools, complementary tools, such as image analysis of the vegetation and uh, using UAVs, using modeling, we're making progress. So collectively, all these tools will help us determine how the species is progressing, how we can prevent its encroachment, and how we can control it in a timely manner.
0: Do you see evidence of control of eastern red cedar spread on Nebraska grasslands?
1: It really depends uh, to whom you're talking to, and uh, in some areas, invasion is exceeding our efforts to control, and some other areas, we have been making significant progress. Again, you know, Dirac's group has made significant progress on this, especially with their uh, literacy project. Uh, really focuses on increasing awareness uh, for the ranchers and for the farmers, I echo the recommendations that prevention is the best key for control. We need to prevent its further encroachment. And if we can't, we have to intervene as soon as possible. The earlier is the intervention, the more success we have. The longer we wait, the more difficult it becomes to control it, the more difficult it becomes to restore the site, and the more expensive it becomes.
0: Is there anything else you'd like to add on this topic before we close?
1: I think it's a societal challenge and we all have to worry about it. Vegetation change has serious consequences on our daily lives and we all need to be concerned about it.
0: Well, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate your time, Dr. Awada.
1: Thank you, Margot. It's been a pleasure.
0: Now, Dr. Awata will be giving a November 8th presentation entitled Juniperus-Virginiana Ecology and Impact on Ecosystem Services in the Nebraska Sandhills as part of the Center's Fall Seminar Series. To learn more about the series or how you may participate, go to grassland.unl.edu. Thank you for listening.